Over 30 years of advice for your house, home, castle, or cabin. Y'all have things you want to get done. It's Rosie on the House. Our 10 o'clock hour is our open home hour. Open to you, the Arizona homeowner. Whatever you want to talk about your home, castle, or cabin. Three ways to join the broadcast. Call in one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE4U. Text questions to 411-923, or you can email us at info at rosieonthehouse.com if you need to snap a picture to describe your project or try and get a product or manufacturer identification. You can send it there. And we'll do whatever we can to help you, the Arizona homeowner, with the best possible answer and solution to whatever it is you're tackling around your home, castle, or cabin. And we've got Joe on the line we're going to get to real quick, but I just grabbed this article out of the Tuesday from the Republic about recycling. Seems like uh, that's really kind of fallen off the wayside the last couple of years. I don't know. It it sure seems to that you you saw just enough news articles about municipalities debating whether or not they were even going to continue to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And a new grant that was awarded to ASU and NAU, $1.6 million from the Arizona Board of Regents, uh, is doing a study. I thought this is really funny. They're going to spend $1.6 million to do a study if recycling is feasible. And the reason it's not common is because it's not feasible. I mean, kind of we kind of already know that. But if everything that is recyclable actually was that's with, that's the goal with, baby. With the supply chain. That's the goal. And uh China not taking the trash uh like they used to from they were, us. They were our biggest customer it, for so long. <laughs> it may just start uh becoming feasible again and uh, be a great way to reuse local material. That'd be awesome. And how it really ties into the Arizona homeowner is if you're doing something in your home, if you're replacing your kitchen sink, ceiling fan. We talked about uh, in our nine o'clock hour, uh, replacing ceiling fans, um, maybe new windows. And you, these building materials you have are still functioning. You're just updating the look or uh, whatever the case may be. If it's still good functioning use, Donate it to Habitat for Humanity. Amen. They've got what Amen. they call the Restore, and there's four or five locations throughout Phoenix area. They've got a location in Tucson. They've got a location in Wickenburg. There's one in Payson. Um, and they will, you can donate the item, then they can turn around and sell it. And if you're shopping for a home improvement project, you can go check the Restore first. And that's a great way to find, uh, you know, if you're trying to. Maybe you've got a light fixture. I'm going to use that example again. That's broken, and they don't make that light fixture anymore. Well, you might be able to find it at the restore from someone else who upgraded theirs while they were still working and donated it to the restore. So you might find something that's and uh, I'm always in current su- circulation. I'm always surprised when I walk through the restores about how much brand new in the package material they've got out on the shelves. Yeah. So yes. Yeah, a lot of times a build, uh, builder order might <laughs> yeah. may be wrong, or they over order, or whatever the case may be. They find a lot of brand new stuff. They when do. I built my home, it's ideal. Almost twenty years ago, uh, my the Pella sliding glass door on the back uh, I found at the restore, brand new, brand new Pella. Uh, and I mean, it was exactly the package I ordered. It was the wood <laughs> wood frame aluminum clad, uh, the ceiling fixture 
over the, the chandelier, over the dinner table, yeah. came out of the restore. So it was a, it's a great resource. So It is. Recycling. So, We'd well, love, love to see it come back. And building materials can be recycled. Amen. So You're so right about I that. I don't know about you as a Scottsdale resident, but I use my pink recycling uh, can like a pack rat. I throw everything that's recyclable in there. Good. And uh, I mean, it may not be full, maybe it's halfway. <laughs> yeah. But I used to have neighbors, and it would always aggravate me because we had a community uh, can outside in the uh, sure the uh, alley, the alley, yeah. pizza boxes, 10, 12, 15 pizza boxes, and. I don't know why it got me aggravated, but I took a few of them to put in my recycle bin because I know I couldn't, you know, the rest of them couldn't oh, fit. Man. Well, but you can't recycle pizza boxes. They just throw them away when they get them because of the food grease on it. So a lot of the stuff that ends up in your recycling can, when they get it at a transfer station, still less than 8% make it back into circulation. Over 90 just ends up in the landfill still. Aye, yeah, yeah. Well, let's see if we can go to Joe. He's been very patiently holding on with a question for us at Rosie on the House. Good morning, Howdy. Joe. Thanks for your patience, buddy. Sure. Um, you guys are awesome. I have uh, my neighbors, excuse me, uh, uh, you know, get close to 90 and 90 years old. And uh, the other day, you know, they're very limited income, you know, and uh, so they're, they're, they're swan cooler. I've, I've helped him with it over for over years now. And, um, the, some guy came in cause I was trying to find the cheapest deal. He came in and he couldn't take the filters off cause they were rusted together and told the ladies that the, the whole cooler needed to be replaced. And then, so they went to the, to the store, I guess I shouldn't say their name. And, uh, they ended up buying one of those coolers that you put in your room, you know, with rollers on it. Okay. Now, okay. If I understand, I think, the one on the roof is much more desirable, but I'm always willing to learn. I love to learn, so that's why I'm asking this question for them and for so I can learn also. Well, Joe, uh, the cooler on wheels on the floor is working exactly the same way as the one on the roof is. But here's the problem. The one on the roof is sucking outside air into the coolers at about, well, this past week it was as under 10% humidity. The problem with the cooler in her house is after running for a couple hours, she's going to drive the humidity in that house up to 30, 35, 40, 45%. And that cooler is going to be taking that already moist air, running it back through the pads, making it moister and moister and moister and moister. She's going to lose the cooling ability unless she opens a door and puts that cooler where it can suck in outside air. Does that make sense? Yes, and yeah. she can do that. It's, 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 in essence, it's an add-on to the house. It's a, like a, a bedroom, a little living space, a, and a kitchen area. So they have two doors they can access, but that means they would always have to open the doors, right? Yes, that's right. The door would have to stay open for the cooler to be to be accomplishing anything. It's going to get the humidity so saturated inside that house, the cooler will essentially quit working. Any cooling effect that you were hoping to get, you'll lose. I mean, you're driving your humidity in that scenario up to, and it could, could be 60, could be 70% or more. And 
Is it a, a vap cooler that's ducted into the room, or is it a portable that's it, physically in the house? It's a portable that's actually in the house. What What are they using for a water source? Do they run like a hose from the outside to the inside? It could be my only guess. And that's the other problem. They're not recirculating the water, so it's going to calcify up even quicker. But, you know, people got to do what they got to do. So just make sure she's got the doors wide open. And, and I don't know what you do at night. <laughs> and for instead of a portable cooler, if if that's what you need for just one little unit space, the air conditioning units that they make for one room coolers like we use in our server room, yeah. that's less than four or five hundred bucks. And they plug into a one ten, they're real energy efficient. I mean, you're not gonna cool you wouldn't want to plug one into every single room of your house and yeah. think you're gonna save money over air conditioning. But if you just need it one specific room and that's where you're sleeping and trying to stay cool for night. I would look at one of those portable air conditioning units and first. And that absolutely requires outside air. So you, you those, would have to, those have to be vented. They, they exhaust out, yeah, yes. Yeah. So okay. just be prepared for that. All right, Joe, well, I'm glad you learned a lot by listening to Rosie on the House. We appreciate the call. Hopefully you can give your uh, 90-year-old neighbor a little bit of guidance there and help her out just a little bit, try and stay a little bit more comfortable. And that's all a part of being the Rosie on the House team, making your 90-year-old neighbor more comfortable. Great job, Joe. On the same topic, the one of the most asked questions we got, I mentioned last week out at Sanderson Ford that I've just, my, my misting system on my back patio has been running almost three hours a day. I turn it on when I go home at five or six o'clock, and it runs till I go to bed at 8.30 or 9 o'clock. And I sit on the back patio, and my back patio faces west. And with that misting system and the roll-down shades, I can be outside with it 100 or 102 or 103 degrees at 15% humidity, and I can have my patio at about 76 degrees. You turn on a ceiling fan at 76 degrees with a little moisture in the air, and you almost have to put on a long-sleeve shirt. So misting systems have seen a big, big productive season this year. The wind has hurt us a little bit. It's been a very, very windy spring. But the misting systems have the potential in the right atmospheric conditions of lowering the ambient temperature in a given area by as much as 25 or 30 degrees. Okay, and that's pretty incredible. That that takes a back patio and makes it into livable indoor space. Now, people ask me, what, where else can I mist? You can mist your garden. You can mist your pet kennels. You can mist sitting areas around the swimming pool. Uh, there are even fog machines that you can get that basically use the same pieces of equipment, same plumbing uh, for dramatic effect. It also adds a lot of humidity to the area, which is good right up until monsoon season. So the important thing about misting systems is make sure you're filtering the water correctly and make sure you're installing a high-pressure pump so that the mist should evaporate before it hits the furniture before it hits your head or before it hits the concrete patio. There shouldn't be accumulating puddles of moisture. It should all be evaporating before the moisture buildup occurs. Do the 
Oh, go ahead. I was going to say, do those use less water, the atomized ones? I was oh, going to go into the water topic okay. of missing yeah. systems, but okay. we can't stop the clock. All right. Hey. Here's to the ones that didn't make it back home. The ones we ain't seen in so long. The hold up a beer was a wish they were here was not forgotten to go. In a better place up there. But they sure left a hold. All right, Jennifer was supposed to start this segment, but she's tearing up. So I'm going to jump in here real quick and say, all you Rosie on the House listeners, stand at attention and salute Memorial Day weekend. Amen. So last hour, we were talking a little bit about um, a way to honor veterans by going to the this wonderful website, Veterans Legacy Memorial. You can find your anybody buried, any veteran buried in a VA cemetery and they have a little portal there and you can add stories and pictures and stuff. So that's one thing that you can do to spend the day honoring your loved one. That's a website you could get lost in. Absolutely. I, I just posted it on Facebook. Story after story mm-hmm. after story after story. Yeah. That's incredible. And they have, they highlight on the front page a veteran. Uh, I don't know how often they change it, but there's a young man on there. Um, so anyway, um, and then we mentioned that we have, you know, National Memorial Cemetery of Arizona is having big uh, celebration this weekend, and there's all over the state you'll find things. But Miss Linda called to let us know, um, you know, Greenwood uh, Memorial Lawn Cemetery, Lawn and Cemetery, in on uh, 23rd Avenue in Van Buren, yeah, is actually the largest in the state. It started in 1906 as a memorial um, site, and then in 1946 they added a cemetery, and then in 1989 they combined it, and it's the largest in the state. And on Monday at 9 a.m. They'll have a, a a ceremony, and they'll have a flyover. They'll have awnings and shade and water. They have uh, military equipment there for people to see. And she just said it, they, she's been going for a lot of years, and it's really worth the time. And it's nice and early, so you'll beat the heat, 9 a.m. So I had one more thing I wanted to talk about. This this is the Veterans Heritage Project, and it go, it gives all year long to the veterans. And we in our, one of our 7 o'clock hours, we had them come on. And this oh, member, Colonel Thomas Kirk. Yes. So this is a brainchild oh. of teacher Barbara Hatch. And when her kids were asking her questions, um, you know, is this real? Is that real? When they'd hear things in histories. And she realized that there was a, you know, as the generations go down, there's a disconnect between what really has gone on to earn our freedom. So she started pairing veterans with students. And they create these books. They've created two volumes so far. And in those books... A, a student will get with a veteran and document, and they form this bond and this relationship, and they document the veteran's story, and they bind them in this Ooh. book. And um, so what's really cool about it is it's been going since 2004. They have two story, 2,000 stories documented. Now, and this is Arizona. Wow. This is an Arizona project. Um, there are 30 chapters, and it's from ages seven or grade seven to 12, and college. So when you look on the website, which is veteransheritage.org, you can find a chapter near you, or you can start one in your school. And it's, um, but it's just a wonderful, wonderful tribute, and it's um, to, it connects students to veterans, preserves American heritage, honors veterans, and develops future leaders. As a matter of fact, of the 52,000 students who have been involved in some way in putting these books together. 52,000? Yeah. 
have been. But the the graduation rate and the number of kids that go to college is pretty high from the kids who participate because they're developing all kinds of skills and the, the idea of leadership as well. Veteransheritage.org. Well, I, I still remember Colonel Thomas Kirk like it was yesterday, and I can't remember how long it's been since he's been here, but eight years, solitary confinement, what that man went through, the stories he could tell, the wisdom he could share, and the fact that someone like that would be out visiting with students is a testimony. Mm-hmm. A real testimony. And when he was talking about it, it was so matter-of-fact. It was. It was just it was. like telling a story, and I'm going, oh, okay. I know. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was, it was an incredible, incredible man. All right. Well, thank you, Jennifer, for that, for making this the Memorial Day edition of Rosie on the House. Let's see if we can get to a caller real quick. We've got a couple piling up here. Let's see if we can get to Kevin before we got to go to the bottom of the hour break. Kevin, good morning. Happy Memorial Day weekend, my friend. Good morning. How are you? Good. I'm good. How are you? Good. So the issue that I have, um, recently bought a house. Uh, it was an irrigated lot. Um, the irrigation hasn't worked for over a year, so now the front yard, backyard is completely dead, mixed with weeds, certain weeds, maybe some grass in there. So my question is, what are the steps that I should take to revitalize both the front yard and the backyard and, now that the irrigation is working? And are you saying <clears throat> it's not flood irrigation? It has a sprinkler system, correct? It is flood irrigation. It is flood irrigation. And it it is. And you're in a getting it? area. Cool. Man, that's uh so it's a obviously it's an older home. Correct. And you're just trying to get the lawn back? Correct. Yeah. And how long has the Bermuda been dormant? A year, two years, three years? Um the irrigation hasn't worked for over years, so I'm assuming at least a year. And now the water that started to flow, um, it's, I mean, it's primarily weeds, assortment of weeds, maybe a little bit of Bermuda that's in there. But I just don't know if, like, just letting it naturally kind of let Bermuda taking over is the best thing to do or if I should try to plant or fertilize or do anything. Yeah, if you're not um, in a hurry, just kill the weeds that are there. And the Bermuda will come back. Um, it may take a full year, and you may not have a great lawn until next year. If you want to supercharge it and get it going now, you can visit like a hewing irrigation and get seed and plant it ahead of your next flood irrigation schedule. On this... Memorial Day weekend, like every other day of the year, all roads, all Arizona roads lead to Sanderson Ford. And they are in the final days of their 67th anniversary sale. With new Memorial Day incentives, 51st Avenue and Northern. Yes, yes, yes. Yes, we have inventory. Yes, we can help your order a new vehicle exactly the way you want it. Yes, pay you top dollar for your trade-in vehicle. Yes, we are family-owned and operated for 67 years through four generations. And yes, we are America's most awarded Ford dealership. 
for customer satisfaction. Right here, serving the greater Phoenix market and all corners of Arizona. Get 0% financing for 66 months on approved credit on new escapes, edges, explorers, and F-150 pickup trucks. Hey, it's the 67th anniversary sale at Sanderson Ford this Memorial Day weekend. Get over there and check it out. Can I say a little something? I, I misspoke earlier and I knew I had. I just couldn't put it back. But we commemorate Memorial Day. We don't celebrate. So I apologize. That came out wrong. Did, so I hope, did, I hope our little things that we've offered today help people to commemorate the day. Very good. All right. So you've been receiving questions and inquiries the, the whole time we've been off air. Who, who, what were all those callers coming in? Well, I had Tom from Surprise. And he had started a project, and then he thought, you know, I better ask Rosie if this is okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he hadn't gotten very far, but he's uh, got tile with grout. And so his idea was to clean the grout using hydrogen peroxide and baking soda. You know how you make those little volcano experiments, <laughs> you oh, know, yeah. bubbles? So he's got his little toothbrush, and he's down there, and he's done four tile. And he feels like it looks great, but then he started wondering, could that hurt my tile? Or could I hurt the grout? Could that eat it up or something? What do you think? Oh, I would. Um, um, I think that's a good I, head check. I yeah, that's a good head check. I would use an improved tile and grout cleaner, um, more confidently than I would that homemade brew. Mm-hmm. But I've never tried that. I'm no expert at it. Um, and grout cleaner is not know. that expensive. It might be worth it just to make sure you have something that. They know works, right? Yeah, and that's not destroying the grout uh, over time. Right. So, But I'll tell you this. And what was the man's name? Tom. Tom. Tom, I'll tell you this, Tom. However you do decide to clean the grout, once it's clean and it's thoroughly dry, which could take several days, once it's thoroughly dry, I couldn't encourage you enough, since you like being down on your hands and knees on your tile floor so much, <laughs> go ahead and seal the grout. And then it'll make the cleaning next time much less work. And you'll have to use much less chemical additive or homemade creations to get it clean. Sealer is very inexpensive. It's darn near impermeable. uh, And it lasts a long, long time. Ready for for another question? Well, I guess so. That's why I show up here Is Saturday really? morning for a homeowner question. <laughs> <laughs> so Jim from Catalina asks, oh, okay. what can I cover my sun-damaged fascia boards with? Aluminum? Vinyl? Oh, Jim, I would definitely go aluminum. Definitely, definitely go aluminum. Aluminum cladding. And the way you want to do that is, uh, generally speaking, as we have our roof decks coming towards the fascia, down towards the end of the roof, we have what's called a middle a metal drip edge that actually is supposed to take the water dripping off of our roof shingles and allowing it to fall away from the wood uh, before it gets the wood wet. You want that next piece of aluminum to slide up underneath that drip edge, and then you want your uh, aluminum wrap to go across the bottom of the fascia and then back up the back side at least an inch or two. Now you're thoroughly encasing any of the exposed fascia to future damage. I've seen where uh, some of the uh, tin benders 
uh, and and uh, gutter guys will actually put a drip edge on the bottom of that outside corner as well, and that that's just one more way of making sure that fascia is not being exposed to any moisture. Definitely, in that case, aluminum, not vinyl. That's one, two. You want to have a third one? Holy cow. Go for three. Go for All three. right, go for three. So this gentleman obviously listens, and he also peruses website for articles. Okay. He said, and in spite of those articles, <laughs> what should I... What should I do about leaving my home in the summer? So he's read the ones about leaving for all summer, about what we should do with our air conditioning while we're gone. But he's asking, I'm just going to be gone for a couple weeks at a time. Do I, should I turn that AC down? Should I leave it alone? What should I do? Turn it up? Um, if you're only leaving, a, one, it, one if, if you're a Roselle Nelson listener, you should be a super cooler. If you're super cooling, don't do anything. Because turning the thermostat to 80, uh, for the course of your absence, isn't going to save you any money, any more money than just staying on the super cool routine. If you're not a super cooler, it might save you a little bit of money, but not much. If you're only gone a couple of weeks, I don't think I would try and save money with my we appreciate the call or the questions. And those came in, those were calls you're taking or those emails? The One was a call, and he just wanted to throw his question out there, and the others were people who've reached out during the week. Very good. And you can do that at rosieonthehouse.com. Uh, and the phone number that we give out for the broadcast is the same one we answer at the office, one 767 4348 That's 1-888-ROSIE for you. And... Uh, one of the things that came out this week was a notice from Arizona Game and Fish about the hot, dry conditions could increase bear activity as they're looking for food and water. So if you've got cabins uh, up in the mountains, you know, make sure you're not leaving your food out. Uh, they love going after trash cans. Uh, anything that left out will be found by critters, not just bears, but any. Any four-legged animal, but we have. There have been times bears have wandered into Mesa, coming down from the Superstition Mountains. Um, I I remember one year watching. Gosh, I can't remember how long ago, but they actually had to catch them out of the one of the canals. I can't remember which canal system it was, but one of the concrete short canals they pulled the this animal out and had to go relocate them back up in the mountains. So. And then one year they had to pull, somebody woke up and they were in their backyard swimming in their pool <laughs> and they had to call a fishing game to come get them. I don't know if you remember that one. I think they had to tranquilize them and might move have, them to another might place. Might have been closing the drapes to the glass yeah. patio door. <laughs> yeah. No food inside here. That's no humans. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Let them hang out in the pool till they come. So I got real scared at Fossil Creek when I got down to the uh, creek area many years ago. Because you know you have some uh, bushes and shaded areas, so you don't really see once you get to where the creek bubbles out of the ground. And I hear kaboom, kaboom, boom, boom, and I freaked out. I go bear, I'm dead. <laughs> Turned out to be deer. <laughs> <laughs> I was so ashamed. Two huge deer was running off in the distance. Well, better than a bear. That's true. That's true. That's true. And Fossil Creek, unfortunately, is shut down till 2023, January first. Yeah. Dog on it. It's a beautiful place. Mm, it is. If you're speaking of beautiful places, Jennifer, where are you going to send the next vacation winner? Jacob Lake. Oh, can I? Now, win, that's can a, I win that? I'll bring my fishing gear. <laughs> I'll go. 
No, guys. This is for a homeowner. They have till June 15th to sign up on the website for the staycation. Folks, y'all will want to win this. This that That is a beautiful hangout. And uh, if you've got a vehicle that's comfortable going on uh, off-road, there are some of the most beautiful dirt roads on the north rim of the Grand Canyon, between the north rim uh, uh, National Park and all the way up to the border. Uh, that That is absolutely one of my favorite spots in all of Arizona. That's a great that's a great staycation. It's one of those when we went and camped on the North Rim, Jacob Lake is the last place you can get gas, fuel. There's a spot about halfway between there and the canyon, but it's actually like a lodge and a restaurant, uh, the Jacob Lake Inn. But you're driving and the kids think I'm joking because you you go up like you're going to Lake Powell, then you come through Marble Canyon, which is where we sent this month's staycation winner. So you got to go past Marble Canyon, and they're like, "We're gonna camp in this," and I'm like, "No, we're, you know." And then all of a sudden, you just start going uphill, and it goes into this beautiful forest, uh, and and suddenly there's Jacobs Lake. Then you turn south and head to the rim, and Amanda's like, "I, you know, I was telling the kid, you know, Buffalo, or this is one of the few areas left in Arizona, Buffalo in the wild. Are we gonna?" And the kids are, oh, we're going to be able to see him. We're going to be able to see him. I don't know. And we turn around the corner, and bam, this huge meadow. And there must have been 150 oh, of them just laying out there. So we pulled off to the side and took pictures. And when you were talking about getting back on the roads, where we ultimately stopped and camped, um, we were there for a week, and not one other vehicle came down that road or passed our camp the whole time we were there. Yeah. I didn't know there was any of those places left in Arizona. <laughs> you got to look for them pretty hard. There's yeah. plenty of wide open spaces in Arizona. There, that's for yeah, sure. That, that, and that one's a bit out of the way. The north rim of the Grand Canyon. But it's worth it when you get there. But it is absolutely worth it. So Jacob Blake puts you in a perfect place to get in and appreciate the north rim. You can drive down to the north rim lodge in about 35, 40 minutes, uh, or you can explore... 360 degrees and, all the way around it. And there's some really cool viewing of the Grand Canyon. Oh, now, man. you don't see the Colorado River very often. There's only like two or three spots on the North Rim that have a tourist trail where you actually see the water. But it's a spectacular view. The view of it. And then you can see, uh, you know, Humphreys Peak from Flag, you know, the right. Flagstaff. San Francisco Peaks, yeah. Wow. Backdrop. Well, for anybody who doesn't know about the Rosie on the House, Sanderson Ford Staycation. We give one away each month, and um, the winner gets to choose a car off of the what? Well, they used to be able. You know, but I was just kind of crossing through my mind. What happens nowadays? I, I, John Pratt's got a couple designated Ford edges okay. that they can select from <laughs> okay. because the inventory isn't. Uh, you know, they they don't have the surplus that they usually do. Yeah, that hit my <laughs> thoughts. I'm like, I'm stuck here. Um, anyway, so you get one of these Ford cars, and then you get to, um, we send you out on this little staycation at the, to the destination. And in the car, you'll get um, a $250 gift card for gas, and you get a wonderful local So I get your basket. Buckeye in back. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So you have, you have we some... <laughs> might ought to think about increasing yeah. that gas card. <laughs> You get, Especially you, to Jacob Blake, Jacob, that's going to yeah, take yeah, you four right, hours exactly. to Phoenix. Right, right. Jacob Blake may need may need two <laughs> two gas cards. Well, right now the the two um, 
companies that are participating in the staycation are Sphinx Date Ranch in Scottsdale and Divine Gourmet in Chandler. And they both specialize in local Arizona fare, local wines, nuts, um, sauces, um, just whatever you want. So you'll get so, a gift basket from each of them in your... Or from one of them in your car. In your car yeah. to take with you on the road for a little yeah. road yeah. T- so travel snack. Rosie on the house and Sanderson Ford give you the car for free. For the to, weekend. For, for, for the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Better... Easy. Give, give, John Pratt just went. Yeah. <laughs> I just went. <laughs> we, give you, we give you the gas and we arrange for your lodging. Uh, so it is a free getaway, and you can only register for that one place, rosyonthehouse.com. We call it the Arizona Staycation. We started it back in the Great Recession of 2009, 10, and 11 when we were trying to encourage people to re- reignite the Arizona economy and quit leaving Arizona for vacations. If you haven't seen all four corners of Arizona, you have no real appreciation for the great state you live in. So Sanderson Ford has been sponsoring this staycation ever since we came up with the idea. Thank you for that, Sanderson Ford. And we've got some of the best testimonies of people going to some of the best places and sharing the stories of what they've experienced and what they've seen. So get to rosieonthehouse.com and you get your name registered for the next one, we draw every single month for a new location. I know you're wanting us to talk, but it's the national anthem. I feel like I can't talk over that. Good point. Stand up. Salute. Hand on your heart. The greatest country in the history of mankind, the United States of America. Thank you, Gary. Hey, a funny story following up from last week's broadcast. We were live at Sanderson Ford, and one of the events that was going on that day you could go get the VIN number of your vehicle etched into your catalytic <laughs> converter so that if it's ever stolen... This is kind of a funny story. They can look up the serial <laughs> number really and call is. you and be like, hey, we found your catalytic converter. Would you like it back? And breaking yesterday on KTAR.com, man arrested after 1,200 catalytic converters found in a Phoenix storage unit on 32nd Street in Washington. <laughs> they are believed to all have been stolen. He got booked into Maricopa County Jail on dozens account of unauthorized possessions for catalytic converter. Seized parts have a value of nearly $200,000. Well, is that a timely article? <laughs> well, they've been tracking this guy for three months, it said. Uh, That's why the etchings didn't go as popular, maybe? Because yeah. <laughs> 
12, wait, 12,000, wait, 1,200, 1,200, that's still an insane amount. That's a lot, that's a lot, of, lot of thieving. Yeah. $200,000. Yeah. $200,000 of inventory. Well, well the, matching them back up with their original owners would be easier if they had had these <laughs> things Correct. matched like, right. That's like right. at Sanderson. That's right. Well, and in this case, I mean, how long, till, I mean, how long do they have to keep that for evidence? I, mean, I don't know. The, uh, I'd be curious to know the We'll have to have Tommy Thompson. The, what would be the process on this? I owe him a phone call. Thank oh. you for reminding me. And they valued it at 200000 and we said, what, that makes it worth about $170 a piece to the thief, but a brand new one is what? Oh, at least $1,000 yeah. if you can even yeah. get it. It was according to what they were telling us last week wow. when we were out there. And if I understand, catalytic converters, not, not one size fits all. Right. That, that's what that's I understand. Pretty, yeah. Yeah, we'd have to ask the auto guys showing up in the next door studio for the next hour and see what they what they <laughs> Get can the car guys what, on what, this. what they can what <laughs> they can educate us about on that particular topic. Well, folks, we hope that uh, in the last three hours you've learned something that makes living in Arizona more enjoyable, more maintenance free, uh, and gives you the opportunity to walk away from the well maintained house to go enjoy the great state of Arizona. That's why we show up every Saturday morning to try and let you know if you're a newcomer in Arizona, you've got no idea how great a place you've landed. And if you're a longtime resident of Arizona and haven't been around and see it, you don't know what you're missing. And owning a home in Arizona is different than owning a home almost anywhere else in the country. That's why there is no Rosie on the house in Indianapolis. That's why there's no Rosie on the house in Denver, Chicago, Milwaukee, Boston. Rosie only knows Arizona homeownership, Arizona construction codes, and that's why we're here for you, the Arizona homeowner. And we also put together, in addition to the broadcast and the website and the articles that we publish, a calendar. We actually call it a homeowner handbook. You can get it for free. It's a physical paper calendar, and it goes through the topics that we're covering each Saturday along with the weekly to-dos. And it's an opportunity for our partners that are all licensed, bonded, insured, and been in business at least five years locally, an opportunity to uh, put special incentives out there like Pella this month in May is offering 0% APR financing for 48 months. Statewide Lighting Control is offering 20% off all fans if you're in the fan market. And uh, right next to it is the Mighty Electrician. We install and repair everything electrical. So you get 20% off your fan and then have Mighty Electricians install it for you. So just request one at rosieonthehouse.com. We'll be back next Saturday, and we're starting June next Saturday. We'll be going into flooring month. And the 8 o'clock hour, we'll start off with uh, Farm Fresh. And our commodity for that month will be dairy. So we'll see you all here next Saturday morning, 8 o'clock.